Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. All right, sweet. So today, uh, we are jumping. Actually, before we get started, I, I missed something. I want to I stop real quick. Uh, one of the things that, one of the ways that people worship here at Coastline uh, is through their generosity. Uh, I think that when it comes to how we love God, God tells us we should love him with all that we have. One of the things that, that we have is our finances. It's something we hold valuable. Uh, but I want to tell you about that. When you give here at Coastline, when you love God through your finances, uh, part of that gets pulled aside. Uh, I think something like 12 to 13 percent of everything that comes in gets pulled aside before anything else, and we send it out as a tithe or as an offering, uh, as, as a way to honor God as well, and we send it to organizations here locally as well as uh, organizations that are international. And so one of the organizations I want to tell you about today uh, is uh, an organization called FROG, which is, FROG is an acronym that stands for, I always mess it up, it's fully relying on God or forever relying on God? Forever, forever and fully, fully and forever, relying on God. Uh, Chip, the guy who, uh, who chirped right there, that was uh, Chip Clark, him and his wife, Don, they run uh, Frog Ministries here in Edgewater. Uh, and Frog is a free resource center. So people that are in need, people that need clothing or need small appliances, uh, that you know, may, they might have kids that need small toys and stuff like that. Maybe they find, find themselves in hard times. They can go to Frog. They can go in there, and it's set up just like a thrift store might be. And as, as they go and they shop and they get the goods that they might need for life, they come to the counter, and when it comes time to pay, they don't pay anything because it's already been paid for. God's taking care of them. Uh, and so Frog runs completely on donations. Uh, one of the, like churches like us, we help sponsor Frog. Some of you, I think, individually help sponsor Frog. Uh, but there's, there's hundreds of people monthly that are impacted by your generosity. I want to tell you, that's, that's a big deal. I'm super thankful for all that you guys do in helping out people in our community. I think it's one of the ways that God's told us to love and tell people about him. And so uh, for everything they do, I want to let you know, thank you. If you, got, if you want more information about Frog, I'm sure Chip uh, will be happy to uh, talk to you about and tell you about what's going on. Uh, if you're looking for him in the back, he's the silver fox back here in the corner. Uh, looks like a surfer that, uh, man, he's, he's doing pretty well for himself. He's, uh, he'll be in, we be in the breezeway at the end of service maybe for a little bit at the connection wall? Sure, he would love to. Uh, and um, ask him any question you want about it, he'll be happy to answer. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so, um, but yeah, thank you for all that you guys are doing in helping out Frog Ministry. And also helping out Coastline, because if it wasn't for people worshiping through their generosity, like the past six years would not have happened. Literally, we're here because of all that you have done, uh, and we're thankful for, for what God, where God has taken us with it, definitely. Today, we're uh, continuing on part three of a series we started a few weeks ago called uh, How to Win at Life. Uh, if we had a title for today's message, though, it would be this. Faith is in the follow-through. Look at your neighbor and say, faith is in the follow-through. Faith is in the follow-through. Uh, I've got a nine-year-old girl, her name is Olivia, uh, and Olivia's on a softball team. 
And Erica and I have enjoyed these past few weeks of being able to uh, come together with some other families, some of them that are actually in our church, but other families in the community, and we watch our daughters start to learn and understand the game of, of softball. And from where they were at now, to, or from where they're at when they started to where they're at now, it's a completely different team. It's cool to see them start to learn and get it. But one of the things I've had to, like, teach Olivia is that when it comes to playing offense in softball, you got to be good at two things or really good at one of the two things. The two things are you either got to run fast or you got to hit the ball hard. And I tell her, I said, baby, you've probably inherited my running fast and that's not that fast at all. So you're going to need to, you're going to need to hit the ball hard. And so one of the things she was doing when she was learning how to hit is she would make contact with the ball, but she wouldn't follow through. She would make contact and she would feel the ball hit the bat and then she would just get tired or give up or whatever, and just the bat would go down to the ground. And you would see the ball like maybe go 10 to 12 feet, maybe 15 feet into the infield, but it would not go far at all. Well, one of the things I've been doing lately uh, on my own is I've been taking a couple golf lessons. And as I listened to my golf instructor, he, he comes to the church here at Coastline, and he was like, man, I've seen your golf game. You need some help. We're going to help you out, okay? One of the things he's teaching me is that, man, follow through is everything. And I told him it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because the, the club only makes contact with the ball for a fraction of a second. He said it does, but, man, it has everything to do with where that ball's going to go based off of your follow-through. And so we took that, that same example, that same premise and idea, and I took it to Olivia. I said, oh, baby, it's, you've got to follow through. You've got to come all the way around. You can't just make contact with the ball and give up. And wouldn't you know that as soon as she started doing a full swing and following through, the ball went two, three times further than what it was going before. Follow through matters in life. I think it really matters when it comes to our faith. I think follow through in our faith is something that, that we miss out on. We get to the point in our faith where we say we are a believer in Christ. We connect with him we come to church on Sunday, we check in, we say, hey, you know, we're connecting with Christ. We're, we're doing that first initial step. But then when it comes to the follow-through, we get, maybe we get tired, or maybe we, maybe we get distracted, or maybe we feel like, man, we made contact, and that's, that's the end of it. But I think that there's more to it. And I believe the Apostle Paul, he talks about this in this letter that he writes to the church in Galatia. Yeah, in Galatians 6, 9, it says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. And as we were studying this week for this message, we were reading our Bibles, and, and really we knew we wanted to preach on the subject of faith. I was looking up these two instances in which Jesus talks about faith, particularly two instances that he's amazed by people's faith. And the first is he's actually amazed in the book of Mark. It talks about a story where he returns to his home in Nazareth and he's there with the disciples to do miracles, to do healing and to, to really do ministry there in his hometown. And he is 
amazed at the people's lack of faith. He's actually unable to perform some of these miracles and unable to do the ministry he came there to do because the people had no faith in him to do it. So that's one instance where we see Jesus amazed at someone's lack of faith. And then we also see in the book of Luke where Jesus is actually amazed at someone's faith that he has there. And I'm going to read the story for you. It's in Luke 7 in verse 1 through 3. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. Now, some context that we need to understand about this is during this time, the Romans, uh, they were the empire that was governing the Jewish people. So they had come in, and whether they beat them in a war or whatever, in this area this, that, that the Israelites lived in, that the Hebrew people lived in, Jesus' people were underneath the authority of Roman officials. And so the idea of a Roman official coming to Jesus and asking for help, that in itself would have been a step outside of what is comfortable for this Roman official. It would have been something that would have required faith. He had heard about what Jesus had done and was doing, and at some point believed it so much that he humbled himself, brought himself down, and said, Jesus, will you come to my house and heal my servant? Now we continue on in Luke chapter 7, verse 6 through 8. This is the same story. It says, so Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officers sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself with coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. He humbles himself even more. He says, I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know, that, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. I have the authority uh, over my soldiers, and I only need to say to them, go, and they go, or come and they come, and if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, it says that he was amazed. That, that word amazed would have also been translated to like surprised. I think, you know, when it comes to Jesus, there wasn't a whole lot in life that he was surprised about. But for some reason, when it comes to faith, when it comes to people's faith, this is an area that surprised him. Because not only did this guy make connection with his faith, he didn't just say, Jesus, will you come? Let me humble myself. Jesus, will you come and help me out in this situation? He followed through and he says, you don't even have to be where I'm at. I've got enough faith that knows that if you say it, it will happen. It says Jesus heard this and he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. It says, and the officer's friends returned to his house. They found the slaves completely, or they found the slave completely healed. Yeah, it kind of goes on, and we read about this more in the book of James. James is the brother of Jesus talking more about faith, and it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So you see 
By faith itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. It goes on in verse 26. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. You know, when we read there, uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he's communicating that when, that when it comes to faith, faith isn't the only thing. That there's, there's a step beyond faith that we're supposed to, to, uh, to interact on, that we're supposed to follow through on. And he uses this word, good works, right? Good works is, is the follow-through. Where faith is the connection, there's something that comes after the faith that is good works, that's action. It reminds me of uh, a lesson my dad uh, taught me when I was very young. Um, it's something that's always stuck with me. He, says, he said, Brian, what you do speaks louder than the words that you say. It means your, your actions and what you do is more important than the words that come out of your mouth. I think specifically when we, when we read this, when, when, when James is talking about good works, uh, a question comes to my mind of, of what is good works? What, what would you consider to be good works? Yeah, I think as, as us, as Christians, as followers of Christ, there are a couple different things that are considered good works in our walk with the Lord and our, our everyday living. And one of them is serving. Yeah. When we serve our local church, we are doing the good works that James is talking about here. When we show up early on a Sunday morning to brew coffee, or when we come here and we set up the drums, or we go hold some babies for some mamas over there, that is serving our local church and that is serving in the way of good deeds and also inviting people to church. You know, I think for us, I think for me, I was invited to church when I was 18, 19 years old. I didn't grow up going to church. I, I didn't know, uh, you know, going to church every Sunday morning was not a part of my childhood or my life, but I just got invited by someone. Yeah. And so for us doing good works, you know, baking a pound, a pound, a you could bake a, a pound, pound of brownies. brownies. Sure. I, I'll eat a pound of you brownies right now. Bake I'm ready. brownies and give them to your neighbor or friends with an invite card to church. Those are good works, and that's yeah. how you can serve your local church. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, definitely when it comes to the, the serving part, I mean, that very much is an action, yeah. right? It's something that it's, it's not just showing up. It's not just making contact, but it is follow through. You know, it takes, it takes effort. It's something that's beyond of just I got to wake up on a Sunday it very much has follow through with it. I think about some of the people that we have in the church now who they've came to church because someone brought them, uh, a, it might not have been a pound of brownies, but maybe it needs to be a pound cake too, yeah. or what, I don't know. I like pound some pound cake. Pound yeah, yeah, I like chocolate. But, but there's something about, about taking that step, next step and doing good works. I think uh, that generosity, you know, we talked about that what's, well, what's been, um, you know, I think I did some research, I know I did some research this past week of trying to figure out you know, in the past year, how much Coastline has given away for, for local and international missions. And after just doing some quick math, uh, in the past 12 months, we've sent out something like $43,000 that have gone to, to, to other organizations that are doing the good work uh, of, of what God would call us to do, what Jesus calls us to do uh, in our communities. 43, for, for a church that's not a very big church, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big deal. But generosity has the, is, I believe, uh, an area in which we uh, do good works. It's, it's where our faith goes and continues on and follows through beyond just what the weekend is. I think when you give uh, to the local church, I think that is a follow through. 
There's something, it's a step that is beyond just showing up and connecting. It's saying, God, I trust you in this area of my finances. I'm going to follow through. I think it's important to see how God translates that into what's going to come next. Lastly, I think uh, one of the things that's good works is expressing compassion and grace. Compassion and grace is not something that we see a whole lot uh, in the world today. It's dog eat dog. There's a price that must, must be paid. But I think one of the things that God has called us to do as we, as we have faith and trust in him, as we, as we follow through with our faith, I think one of the good work things that we can do is extend grace and compassion to those that are around us. That although they, they, they might not deserve grace and compassion, they, they might deserve to, to pay a price for the wrongs that they've done. Maybe they haven't apologized, or maybe they, didn't do, they just didn't do what we expected. But if we trust in God, I think he's called us to the good works that we're supposed to do is also to extend grace and compassion as we've received it from him. Continuing on, when we look at, at Paul's letters to the early church, especially in the one in, in Ephesus, we start to see that, that Paul says when it comes to these good works things, the reason why we're doing them, the purpose is because it's just as worship to God. It's just as serving Jesus. He says this in the book of Ephesus, or the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. The initial first connection and contact with the ball, that contact, that first step of faith is believing in Jesus. He says, you can't take the credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you've done. So not one of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. This last part is key. So we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. See, part of this fantastic plan of you being a follower of Christ is not just so that you have arrived. It's not so that you've just gotten here and you've connected. It's not that you've stepped into this relationship with Jesus so that you have fire insurance now. There's purpose in every step of the race, and part of the purpose is, is that Jesus wants you to follow through on your face so that he can use you to reach the people that are around you. It doesn't have to be on a street corner with a sign. It might just be through how you serve one another, how generous you are to the people around you, how you step in and apply grace and mercy where you can. Jesus says that, that that's how they'll know him is by how we love one another. But when it comes to this, when it comes to our faith, we've got to learn to follow through, that there's purpose with it. But it doesn't stop there. There's a, I believe that as we continue to do this, there's an eternal reward. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, it says this. See, it says, teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need or enjoyment for, for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up the treasures in a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. 
I think um, to the world that we live in right now, as an inflation continues to go through, as gas prices go up, as, as food prices go up, as, as the housing market continues to rise, it's one of those things that, that to see that, that money is not something that we can necessarily trust anymore, is, it's, it's a little bit easier to see. But here specifically, Paul tells Timothy, he says, tell your church this isn't where you put your trust. But in fact, that this is an area in which you can follow through on your faith. That your generosity can, can be the good works that follows through based off of the faith and trust that you have in God. Yeah, we read on in the book of Matthew where Jesus actually talks about this. He kind of sets us up for this eternal reward that Brian was talking about, this playbook to win. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. In verse 35, it says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. It continues on. It says that then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or see you naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. And when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. See, when it, when it comes to this eternal reward that we're going to be able to enjoy, and when it comes to paradise one day, part of the, this thing that happens is because we recognize what God has done for us, we turn around and we serve Jesus. And the way that we serve Jesus is by serving the least of these. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the world and culture that we live in right now. But I think about the people that, that serve and volunteer in our crew. I think about the people that, that step up and, and show up at some of them 7 o'clock in the morning right here to set up this stage or to set up kids' ministry. Some of them show up on, on Saturday. People that are going to stay here for, for at least an hour at the end of service, that they do it not just because they love our church, because they love it, but because they love Jesus and they understand this is how we share and show our love to him. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. I believe that this, this follows through not even just in church, not even when it comes to serving, through, but this even happens in our place of business and how we work, the people that we work for, the way that you work. I believe that hard work is important. I believe that the follow through is important, that what you do beyond the 70 minutes of what we do here at, at Coastline is important when it comes to your faith. Last thing I want to leave you with this is Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse 12 to 25, it says this. It says, let us hold tight, or let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Coach, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, you know, I have people that come to me and ask, Brian, are we living, are we living in the end times? And, and I, I, the honest answer I have is I, I don't know. I think when, uh, I think when people ask Jesus about uh, the day that 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 God would come back, that that He even said He doesn't even know the day or the hour. But I will tell you this: based off of the things that we're seeing in this world, based off of off of the extreme circumstances, I can't help but think that we're a lot closer than what we were before. I don't know if this is something that happens in in my in my lifespan. Maybe it happens in Olivia's lifespan or our kids' lifespan. But it will tell us that we're a lot closer than, than we have been. I think that when it comes to our life, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to following Christ, it's more important now to not just connect, to not just make contact with our faith, to not just say we identify as or this is the church that I belong to, but to follow through and put our faith into action, to serve those that need to be served, to serve our local church as we would serve Christ, to be generous with the things that God has called us to be generous with, to extend love and mercy and grace even when it's not deserving, because that is what faith is. Faith without works is dead. Faith without the action part is not faith at all. And so I want to challenge you as the church. I want to challenge us as the church on this six-year anniversary to go out and, and be the church outside of just the weekend, to be the followers of Christ at your workplace, at the softball game, on, on the golf course, driving down the road. Put your faith into action through good works. I believe it's a big deal. With that being said, every head about it, every eye closed as I pray for us here this, this morning as we finish up this service. There are some people here that maybe, maybe you're here and, and you've not even connected with your faith. Maybe you haven't had faith. Maybe today needs to be the very first day in stepping into and swinging towards what Christ has for you. Maybe you need to make the connection to him. Maybe you've been chasing all these other things and you realize none of them are giving you the peace and fulfillment that you think that you would have. Today I want to tell you the only thing that's giving me peace and fulfillment is my faith in Jesus Christ. And today if you've never taken that step, if you've never stepped into a relationship with him and you want to, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Maybe you repeat it out loud. Maybe you pray it to yourself. Maybe it's something you hold in your heart. But the prayer would go something like this. Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. 
to pay the price for my sin and my shame. Right now, I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Take over. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you've challenged us today. God, I pray that this, this connection that we have, this, this faith moment where we meet with you and we hear from you, that, that it would charge us, that would, it would give us enough power to follow through with our faith and to turn it into action this week. God, I pray that as we step into business meetings, as we, as we go into work, as we clock in on Monday, as we take the kids to school or to soccer practice or baseball or softball, as we connect with our neighbors, God, that you would remind us that faith is more than just identifying. It's more than just checking in on a weekend, but it matters what happens outside of that. And I pray that you, your Holy Spirit would give us the charge to turn our faith into good works, to be generous, to serve those that need to be served and to understand that we do this all because we love you. Because this is the way that we show our love beyond just our words, that we show our love and affection and trust and hope that is placed in you. I pray that you would help our faith to follow through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.